The book of 1 Kings chapter 19. First Kings chapter 19. Brother Akil, give me that old time religion. Let me just ask you, do you want it? How many want the old path? First Kings 19. Let's return to our seats. I've got a word from the Lord to preach to you tonight. Everybody in the building, stop praying for a moment. Return to your seats. Everybody. How many want to hear what the Lord's saying to the church in this hour? Hallelujah. I was pondering, I was pondering while studying for this message when my little girl Lakin was three years old. We happened to be dog setting for Auntie. It was the same day that we were watching my sister-in-law's dogs that I heard the story the same day about a child who had been attacked by an unexpected dog, putting 50 stitches in that child's head. When I returned to the house that day, I heard Lakin scream from the bedroom. You know what was going through my mind? I'm about to kill a dog. Dog gone. When I got into the bedroom, to my surprise, what I found was Lakin was holding a hold of the feet of her baby doll. And Chloe had a hold of the head. And they were tug of war. And she was screaming, no, Chloe, that's mine. And they did tug of war back and forth. Finally, Lakin won. But she didn't just get it back. She picked that baby doll up by its feet over her head. She took off running, chasing little Chloe through the house. And when Chloe cowered down and hunkered, she took the baby doll and that dog right in the head. You know what she was saying? I'm going to make you wish you never messed with my stuff. How about on Friday night, we make the devil wish he's never even heard our name. Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you from the outset of this message, there will be a spiritual impartation in this message. You will not leave this arena the way you came to this arena. God is going to empower you to change your world. 1 Kings chapter 19, reading with verse 13. And it was so. And it was so. Are you ready for the word of the Lord tonight? When Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle, went out and stood in the entering end of the cave, and behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing 
in a cave. And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, I, even I only am left. I'm the only one left. And they seek my life to take it away. And the Lord said unto him, Go. Somebody shout, Get out of the cave. He said, Go. Return thy way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when thou comest, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshai, shalt thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha. Who I feel like preaching. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat. He's going to be in your stead. Verse 18, yet I, this is God speaking, I have left seven me. I have left me 7,000 in Israel. All the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence, in verse 19, and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat. I'd like to preach to you for the next few moments, if you would allow me, on simply this. Elisha is here. Elisha is here. Clap your hands to the Lord and thank him for his word. You may be seated. Somebody shout, Elisha is in the room. I'm going to let you get situated. I grew up in church. You usually don't hear anything the preacher says for the first minute and a half. The text that I read tonight, the setting of this chapter is simply Elijah has just come out of one of the greatest revivals in all of Jewish history. An entire nation has turned its back toward the Lord, falling on their knees and lifting their hands and saying, the Lord he is the God. But what you find is Elijah's not in a state of rejoicing at the moment. He's in a state of, in a state of mourning. He, he really does not even want to live. He even told the Lord just prior to coming to the cave. He said to the Lord, he said, why don't you just go in and take my life? I've had enough. The sitting, his reaction does not match what has recently been going on. Can I take a moment and define the revival? What had happened was, is Ahab, the king in Israel, had married the wrong one. Her name is Jezebel. She's a daughter of Ethbaal. Jezebel is a wicked woman. She brings to Israel a concept of tolerance that says, can I set up? temples among you so those that feel like I feel and love what I love can worship with you. We know the story. It did not stop with Jezebel and the Baal worship and heathen worship just mingling among the people of God. What happened was she had an agenda. 
It wasn't that she would be accepted by some. It was that she would take over a nation with her indoctrinations from hell. Can I tell you that the trick of the enemy is as old as time? There's three steps to backsliding. There are three steps to falling in to sin. It is tolerance. That means I would never do it, but I will allow others to do it around me. I don't agree with it, but I will allow it to happen in my presence. Tolerance will always lead to acceptance. Acceptance says, I would never do it. I don't do it, but it's okay if you do it. And acceptance will always lead to participation. Can I say to the United Pentecostal Church in 2015, there's just some things we shouldn't be tolerating around here. There's just some things we should not be allowing among us and around us. Can you say amen? It didn't stop here. The Bible says that she began to kill the prophets of the Lord. Jezebel will never be satisfied until every prophet is killed in the kingdom. And until everybody that preaches truth is killed in the kingdom. She is sick about somebody standing up for truth. And she can't have a good day until everybody is stopping talking about the name of God. I just want to insert something here right now. There was 25,000 that was at in Daniel where the Bible talks about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Out of 25,000 attendees getting ready to worship the image of Nebuchadnezzar, something happened. There were three young people that said, I don't care what everybody else is doing. I'm not bending my knee to the heathen God. You know what they were doing in Nebuchadnezzar's day? They were throwing a party. But Nebuchadnezzar had to cancel the party because there were three that refused not to bow. I stop to tell you right now in this arena, the devil will not be satisfied until everybody has backslidden. He will not be satisfied until every preacher is no longer preaching truth. But I've got news for you, Jezebel. We have not come to quit. We've come to stand up. I think somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to praise him. Jezebel's got a big mouth. She's got a big agenda. But it's interesting because when God spoke to Elijah after three and a half years of drought and said, I want you to go back to Israel. I have a word for them. I want you to go back. The scripture says that Elijah went and found himself standing in front of Ahab. He said, I want you to get all the children of Israel together. Bring them up to the mountain for God has a word. This is what he said. Elijah said, the God that answers by fire, let him be God. The God that can bring heaven to earth, let's let him be God. And they went up, and they had a challenge. They built an altar. They laid wood on it. They put a bullock on it. And those, those, those bell prophets began to worship the way they knew to worship. I don't know what they did. If this was the altar, they might have done something like this. Umani, pani, umani, pani, um. Umani, pani, umani, pani, um. 
You don't know what he did either, but mine's better than yours. Amen. But there's one thing I do know is when they were finished, there was no God that responded to their prayer. Elijah said, maybe shout a little louder. Maybe your God's on a far journey. Maybe shout a little louder. Maybe your God's asleep. There's one thing that Elijah knew at this moment that we all know. There's only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And I'm glad I know what his name is. I said, I'm glad I know what his name is. For whosoever shall call in the name of the Lord shall be, I said, shall be delivered. Are you glad you've been washed in his name? Be seated, be seated. I got to move on. You know what happened? You know what happened? An entire nation repented. Because when Elijah came up and he took, oh God, you got to hear what I got to say at this moment. He said, we need 12 stones to represent 12 tribes. He took 12 stones and he stacked them up. He wanted everybody in the nation to be involved. He wants everybody in the youth group to be involved. Everybody in the church. Every ethnicity. Come on, everybody. Somebody shout everybody. He took 12 stones. Watch this. The stones represented the heart and hearts of Israel. He laid wood on it. He laid a sacrifice on it. And on June the 2nd, the second Tuesday of June in 1999, I don't remember the date, but I remember the moment. I woke up one morning, and the Lord said, the fire will never fall if you don't give something to me that you can't afford to give. I said, God, I don't know what you mean. He said, in their time, it was a drought three and a half years, and, and, and I told Elijah to tell them to get 12 barrels of water and pour it, up on that, pour it up on the altar. 12 barrels of water, three and a half years of no rain. He said, in that day, they couldn't afford water. He said, your generation can't afford time. Come on now. Can I stop and say to you, the enemy has tricked you to become passionate about worlds that don't exist when God has called you to save a world that does exist? I'm not against video gaming. I'm not against having a little fun. But we ought to treat it like a snack instead of a meal. It ought to be a treat and not the focus. You wonder why you can't stay awake on Sunday morning when your pastor is preaching. But you was up till 5 a.m. trying to conquer a level. You need to repent and give that to God and say, I'll be resting up on Sunday. Come on, can I get somebody to shout an amen in this building? He said, told me. He said, if you will begin to pour water, or excuse me, pour time upon the altar. He said, I will send the fire. Elijah gets down beside the altar. Twelve stones, the wood, the sacrifice. He laid the sacrifice. 
he gets on his knees and he says, Lord, it's soaking wet, dripping with water. Lord God, would you hear me from heaven and send the fire that these people may know that you're God. And watch this. And that their heart might be turned back again. Elijah called fire out of heaven just after this. He stopped at the rain, but Elijah had a two-word biography. You know what it was? He prayed. That's all he did. He knew how to pray. He took time for prayer. And I want you to hear what the Lord spoke to me. Is it okay if I tell you the Lord speaks to me? Is it unpopular in the Pentecostal movement to say that we can hear from God? Is it all right? It was on a Saturday prayer meeting that I was preparing for Sunday. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, Elijah created an altar so hot that it could even melt the hardest of hearts. Those stones represented the hearts of Israel. But when God answered by fire, there's a fire that came from heaven. It licked up the sacrifice. It licked up the wood. It licked up the water. But the Bible also says that it licked up the stones. I'm going to tell you, I, tell you, I don't care how long they've been backslid. I don't care how bad your city is. It's not too hard for God to melt. It's not too hard. Do you believe it? Do you believe God can save your mother? Do you believe God can save your auntie? Do you believe God can save your backslidden sibling? I tell you, he can. He can. He can. He can. Somebody shout tell you under the unction of the Holy Ghost right now, if you will cause a prayer meeting, I'm going to tell you they're coming home. They're coming home. They are coming home. They're coming home. They're coming home. Come on right now. We can't move forward till you receive this. There's power in prayer. Somebody shout with me. There's power in prayer. Don't ever underestimate the power of a prayer meeting. I feel it right now. We're not going home and waiting on pizza parties and softball games. You know what we're going to go home to do? We're going to go home before prayer. We're going to go home before prayer rooms. Prayer meetings. And you watch what the Lord's going to do in the next three months. Something is going to transform in three months. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin. I didn't say it. God said it. And I will heal their land. Be seated in a moment.
Watch this. Watch. Watch what happens. Elijah, the fire falls. The entire nation says the Lord, he is the, the God. The Jehovah is the Elohim. What they were saying is Baal is not our God. Their heart was turned. Then he said, the rain's going to come, but there's something you've got to do before the rain will come. We've got the fire, but we've got to have the rain. He said, go destroy every bell prophet in the land. Don't leave one of them. You know the reason you leave youth camp and you're on fire for God, but you go home and, 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 and you find yourself dull in the ashes of what used to be? Because you had the fire to fall on you from somebody else's prayer. But you didn't do what the preacher told you to do. I'm going to tell you what my father taught me. Is don't ever allow in your home what you condemn in your heart. Come on, I'm here. You shouldn't have Jay-Z and Beyonce in your iPod. We don't have time to listen to Katy Perry and Eminem. And Lady Gaga, we don't have time for the worldly trash to desensitize what God's trying to rise up in this end time. You are the generation that God has called to change your world. You've talked about it. You've fretted about it. But tonight is your night. Delete, 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 delete. No more. I said tonight is your night. And when the last prophet's dead, he said, I hear something. I hear it. There's a rumbling going on. What do you see? I see the cloud coming the size of a man's hand. And I feel a prophetic utterance coming up on me right now. Just a few months ago, I was praying. I was pacing across my platform in my prayer time. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, I am sending a mighty revival to North America. And I am going to fill millions with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody in this room that believes what I'm telling you? This is our day. This is our hour. Come on, clap your hands and receive from the Lord right now. Come on, we will see it. We will see it. It's happening in our cities. Be seated. It's amazing. The nation has responded. The heart of Israel has turned. And the Bible says, watch this. Hold on. Listen. Listen, you need to hear the word of the Lord tonight. The chapter of the revival ends by this. And the hand of the Lord was upon Elijah. Everybody say, the hand of the Lord was upon him. Chapter 19. Will you indulge me a few more minutes tonight? Will you? Can I have just a little bit more time? I promise you, I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Chapter 18 ends with the hand of the Lord was upon him. But chapter 19 says in verse 1, And Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. She didn't mention anything about the rain. She didn't even mention anything about the repaired altars that he had built back up. 
What the devil does not want you to do, he does not want you to do what your pastor told you to do. The enemy's not afraid of a, of a, of a, of a flash of worship. The, the enemy's not afraid of a little hand clap and amen and, oh, bless the Lord, he's so good to me. You know what he's afraid of? Is a submitted young person. He's scared to death of obedient young people. Oh, pastor, I am submitted. Oh, Brother Bounds, I am submitted. We agree on everything. That doesn't mean you're submitted. Because submission begins when agreement ends. You didn't hear it. I said submission begins when agreement ends. That means I don't agree. I'd like to hang on to it. But if you're telling me I don't need it, see you later. Because I've got to make it. I only live one time. Heaven's too sweet. Hell's too hot. Life's too short. Eternity's too long to play around with things. Be seated in a moment. Watch. And this is what she says. She said, she told her servant, she said, you go tell Elijah I'm going to kill him by tomorrow or the gods do to me if he's not dead by tomorrow night. Here's the sad part. He believed her. Scripture says in verse 3 of chapter 19, it says when he saw that. It didn't say when he heard it. When he began to picture what she wanted him to picture. When he began to envision what she said she wanted to do. And so he runs. He hides from those that serve him. He stops going to youth rallies and youth congresses. He separated himself from his servant. He went and hid under a juniper tree. And he said, Lord, I'm done. I'm tired. I'm done. Just take my life. Hold on a minute. The setting of this does not match what has just happened. In the entire nation, fire has fell out of heaven. He just called rain down after a three and a half year drought. And he's done. He's had enough. Shouldn't he be dancing and shouting? But he's not. He's discouraged. And so I asked the Lord in my time of study, in my devotional time when I was reading this, I said, why did Elijah hide? Why did Elijah run? The stone king, the Lord told me this. He said, because Jezebel was not just the queen. She was a witch. He said, and the same spirit of Jezebel that was battling my people then is the same spirit that has been attacking my church today. That's why the book of Revelation talks about the spirit of Jezebel. Come on, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world. And when she spoke, he was challenged by the spiritual attack of the enemy. And he starts talking stuff like this. There's nobody living for you now. There's nobody that wants this truth anymore. There's nobody that wants holiness anymore. They don't want the message as strict as it used to be. As a matter of fact, I'm the only one that's living it, and they're about to kill me. You know what Jezebel wanted him to see that he did see? Was the demise of the church. But the Lord showed up when he was in a cave and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? 
Well, Lord, I'm jealous. They tear down your altars. Watch this. He did get did not give one bit of credit to the revival that was going on. Because when Jezebel speaks, it gives you a lens that blurs the promises of God while magnifying the problems around you. All you can see is who isn't preaching it anymore instead of who is still preaching it. Come on, I need an amen in the building right now. I give honor. I'm so glad I got elders in my life. I'm so glad my pastor, my father, is in the building and he covers me. I'm glad I'm submitted to him. I'm glad to have my bishop, Doug White, in here right now. Would you give my elders that I'm submitted to a hand? Watch this. Ten years ago when the Spirit attacked the apostolic movement. Is everybody okay around here? Ten years ago when this Spirit began to attack our movement. Here was the questions. Where are the young preachers at? Come on. I preached the meetings. I heard people talking about Where are the young preachers at? We've got this many, over 60, that are licensed with UPC. And we don't have very many under the age of 30 in the UPC. So what it brought was a fear that said we're going to have empty pulpits with no one to fill it. And a fear came over us. It did. Because we had been attacked by the spirit of Jezebel or compromise. It was blurring what was going on. But Elijah, can I take the lens off of you that she's put on you and tell you that in the last 10 years, Global Missions has grown over 1 million new constituents. Elijah's not going to die. I said the church is not going to die. We are reaching records in every department in the United Pentecostal Church. Last year at General Conference, there was a record offering of over $5 million received to send missionaries around the world. Jezebel, you are a liar. She's nothing but an old witch in a new dress. But I got to tell you, liar, liar, dress is on fire. The church is going up. Watch. The last three years, the North American missions has received record offerings. I like the next one. Because right now, in the United Pentecostal Church, there are more preachers licensed with us than at any other point in history. The number of AYC participants has increased by the hundreds. We might as well shout about it because we have been living in addition, but the church is about to operate in multiplication. There's nothing but greatness. At the 1st of January, when I was praying for this meeting, the Lord gave me a, 
word for this night tonight. Here's what the Lord told me. He said, that which is ahead of us is much greater than that which is behind us. Somebody clap your hands and shout. Clap your hands and shout all over the building. Shout. Let there be a thundering praise for what the Lord is about to do in your generation. I preached youth camps for 20 years. I have never seen young people like I preach to now. Never. The first night, I can't hardly even end the message. They called to run to the altar, so hungry for the power of God. Our youth camps are at record highs in attendance. Our youth conventions all over the country are at record attendance levels. But I'm going to tell you what has gotten my attention. The hunger of this generation for a move of God and the covenant of God. You've outdone me when I was your age. Brother Gleason said they've outdone me when they were... And my, I come to tell you something is happening in the spirit. And I think you ought to just take a moment and shout about it. Jezebel, you've had your day. I, I got a question for I, I got a question for you. Where was Jezebel at Mount Carmel? Where was Jezebel when the altar was being rebuilt? Where was Jezebel when the prayer meeting was going on and the prophet showed up? I'll tell you where she was. She got out of town. You know why? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. She couldn't stand where the man of God showed up. That's why she sent somebody else to deliver the message because she knew in herself, I do not have the authority to be in the presence of a prophet. Hallelujah. I went to bed talking in tongues last night with this verse on my mind. Jezebel, I got a verse for you. Hast thou had not known? Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. You know why? Because they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. Here's what I come to preach, as simple as it is. I come to tell you what the Lord told Elijah. Get out of that cave. You know why? Because it's not going to end with you. You started something that's going to end with a young person that loves it just as much as you love it. Elijah, hear me. Get out of that cave and get your mantle because I have a generation. I know you think you're the only one living it. You're the only one preaching it. But I've got 7,000 that do not want to compromise. 
Let me put it in our terms. I've got 20 plus thousand young people. They do not want it watered down. Can I get a witness? They don't want it watered down. He said, go anoint Hazael. He said, go anoint Jehu and go anoint Elisha. Go anoint Elisha. Go anoint Elisha. Come here, Brother DJ. Help me. Go over there. Yeah. You're a farm boy. Come on, stand right there. You're a farm boy. You got to do some plowing. Be seated just a minute. I'll be done in a few minutes. Be seated just a minute. Elisha. He told him where he was. He told him what his pedigree was. And Elijah makes his way. Hold on a minute. You're doing it wrong. You're holding on to, you're holding on to 24 oxen. That's big cows. The Bible says, and he was with the 12. He's plowing with the oxen. Doesn't even see it coming. All the thing he wants, he just wants to be about his father's business. He just wants to help his pastor's vision come to pass. He just been working. Let me tell you what he wasn't doing. He wasn't sitting around waiting on his opportunity. He was working. He wasn't waiting on somebody to call him. He was just serving those that were over him. You might have to see somebody else's dream come to pass before your own will, but you got to get in the harvest field. You got to start laboring. And he smote him with the mantle. And he keeps on going. And the Bible says that Elisha. He didn't have to beg him to show up at church. He didn't have to beg him to come to prayer meeting. He didn't wait and say, well, I'm not old enough. All he knew was that man has, that elder in my life has exactly what I've been desiring. And I'm going to go get it. I'm going to... You know what I believe? God has something for fast responders. You can wait on your neighbor to make their commitment if you want to. But as for me... DJ, run after me, run, run, run. He never said anything to him. He stopped him and said, I want to go with you, but I've got something I have to do. I got I to gotta go take care of something before I go with you. He said, well, go on. And he went back, and the Bible says he killed two oxen. Here it is, preacher. I knew what it was like to be in the engineering school. You can be seated. I knew what it was like to have a call of God on my life. I knew what it was like. I was there. My passions from my call had shifted to a financial future that I could see so secure. I decided to put my ministry on the side. Dad, you didn't know it. I was troubled inside. I, 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 I'm going to preach. 
I'll preach on the weekends, but I can make this much money and I, I can have this much stuff and I'll, I'll be an engineer. I was in a prayer room studying to preach Charlton Heights at that rented church because my dad believed in church revival. We were done tore the one down we were in and building a new one. I'll never forget. I put in a preaching tape to set the atmosphere for my study. Brother Anthony Maynard was preaching. Who's going to bear the ark? Who's going to preach the gospel? Who's going to be the priest? Who's going to carry the ephod? And I got convicted in that office that day and went out of the altar where nobody was. I was alone. And I rode in the altar and I said, God, if I've got to live in a shack by the railroad track and preach the gospel, then I'll do it. If I've got to be like Elijah to pray for you to feed my family because we don't, I'll do it. But I'm going to carry the gospel. You know what I was doing? I was killing the oxen in my life. I want you to lift your hands right now. I'm nowhere near where I need to be. I want you to lift your hands. Some of you came to this meeting with a career, a made-up mind, but you know deep down that you've got to give it to the Lord. Who's going to carry this on? Come on. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. I'll be in a few moments. Who's going to carry the gospel? Some of you right now, you need to kill the cow and break the plow. You know there's a call of God in your life. Elijah, there's something greater than a career. The Bible says he walked with him. Be seated just a moment, please. Be seated. I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. And God said, Jezebel, you said you was going to kill him. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm just not going to ever let him die. I'll just let him be one of the only two that never taste of death. And somewhere the Lord must have confirmed in Elijah's spirit. And Elijah's spirit because when he came out of the cave and he began to walk with the next generation, when this happened, Elijah met with Elisha. He began to call fire out of heaven again. Miracles and supernatural things began to happen again. And Elijah found out you can't kill what God has in store. Jezebel, you're like a yapping dog on a locomotive. You can't stop what God's already started. We're here. What God is saying, Elisha is in the building. We are here. Just go anoint the next generation. We're here. Somebody shout, I'm in the building. Somebody shout, Elijah is here. And he walks with him. Follow me. He comes to some water. We heard. He takes the mantle. Hither and thither, walk across on dry ground. He gets to the other side. And he knows. A whirlwind comes and separates. A chariot of fire comes and separated. And a whirlwind took that old prophet up. And Elijah, excuse me, Elisha, he leaves, falls to his knees. 
I never imagined having a future without him in my life. I never dreamt it would come. But all of a sudden, out of the heavens, there was a part of Elijah that they couldn't take. You know why? Because men might be taken, but their mantles never go. Their mantles never die. Mantles never die. Their mantle. Mantles never die. Oh, yeah, his name was Lloyd Garlicks. Can I please have a few more moments tonight? Lloyd Garlicks didn't have hotels back in those days. He was an evangelist. If he stayed in your home, You'd have to watch where you'd step at night because he'd be praying all night long seeking God for that church. I don't know about one message ever preached, but all I ever heard about was the stories of the signs and the wonders and the miracles. He looked at my grandfather who was dying with heart disease, and he said, go home tonight, put your Bible on your bed. The Lord's going to speak to you tonight. And the next morning, my dad said, he remembers at 16 years old, my, my grandfather did not know the Lord that showed up at church that night, was waking up, and he was, he was speaking in tongues and prophesying. He was saying, my son, you're healed and you're sealed. He was a prophet. He was an evangelist of the Lord. You might not make much money, evangelist, but I'm going to tell you, it's going to be worth everything that you ever do. God is going to call you tonight. Lori Garland's died some years ago but there was a part of him that couldn't be taken you know why because mantles never die mantles never die you can't take the man you might take the man but you can't take his anointing you can't take his calling come on I've come to tell you on Friday night there's a part of these elders that can't go on it's their anointing Stand to your feet around the building. I was praying. I grew up in the wonderful state of West Virginia. Was raised around good people. His name was Billy Cole. That was Billy Cole. He was an apostle. I'll never forget the story he told my wife and I. We were sitting with him not long before his sickness hit. Matter of fact, I was at his house the day that he had the heart attack. It began the journey that took his life. The day he was having a heart attack, he was imparting stories that day in his living room. Aaron, he said, I was 20 years old, starting a church in Ravenswood, Ravenswood, West Virginia. He said, we had a new convert. He said, the newcomer's name is Sister, Sister Barnes. He has seen the truth and come from a denominational world. He said, I received word from one of her children. She had nine children. He said, they said that she was sick and to death. He said, on the way down the road, I was praying. He said, and the Lord spoke to me and said that he was going to heal her. He was 20 years old. He said, while well, I walked in the house, the family was there. The former pastor of the church she had come from was there. The doctor was there. He said, when I walked in the room, there was a sheet that was pulled over her head and they said, I'm sorry, Pastor, but she's dead. He said, but I had a word from the Lord. He said, I took the sheet from the scoffers and mockers. 
He said, I only knew how to pray loud. He said, I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, look over it. He said, I prayed loud, and he said, open my eyes, and there's nothing, nothing happened. He said, I turned around, and I began to speak in tongues as loud as I could. He said, I turned around, I thought she'd be healed, but nothing happened. He said, and they were mocking me in my, mocking me in my faith. He said, I got angry, and I said, Sister Barnes, get up! He said, when I said that, she raised right up. church because Brother Cole's no longer with us. I said, what would Brother Cole, he had no clue what I was preaching. I said, what would Brother Cole want me to tell these people? Not knowing what I would preach, he said, Brother Cole would want you to tell them, pick up the mantle and run with it because Brother Cole's mantle has never died. Come on, I said, Brother Cole's mantle has never died. G.A. Mangan and Pastor built a powerful church in Alexandria with door knocking and soul winning. He and Sister Vesta with prayer and fasting. It troubles my soul that G.A. Mangan is no longer with us. But I have this comfort. He might have went on, but his mantle has never died. Who's going to be the next 24-hour prayer continuous prayer meeting church? I wonder where that's going to be. That's going to pick up the mantle and say, we'll be a 24-hour prayer church. Nona Freeman was a teacher. Brother Mangan was a pastor. T.W. Barnes was a prophet who would spread his hand. And he could see a man of prayer. He was a prophet of the Lord. And I come to tell you today that T.W. Barnes is no longer with us, but his mantle is here. Do you believe what I preach to you is truth tonight? Is there anybody in the building that's willing to kill the cow and break the plow? Is there anybody willing to say, take my hands, take my feet, take my do it he could feel it there's something about the mantle the mantle you know what he told Elisha he said Elisha before I go he said before I leave he said what do you want me to do for you this is what Elisha said I want a double portion of your spirit I know we heard it last night and it's truth Elisha worked twice as many miracles as Elijah. But that's not, that's not what Elisha was saying. What Elisha was saying was, I want to be your firstborn son. That's what he was saying. He said, I want to be the one. What the, what the firstborn son would do, he would say, my life does not belong to me. My life belongs to you. So the other brothers can do what they want to. But because I'm the firstborn, because I'm the double-portioned son, I'm going to preach what you preach when you're gone. I'm going to have the same convictions that you have when you're gone. I'm going to fast just as much as you fasted. I'm going to... 
Come on, Elisha is here. Elisha says, I'll do just as much fasting. I'll do just as much praying. You know why he followed Elijah? Because there was an anointing residue that was up on his mantle. That's why we cut prayer cloths. How many know in the tradition of the apostolic church we got prayer cloths? We anoint it with oil. But in Acts 19, it was just the kerchief his brow with that when they would lay it upon the sick they would be healed special miracles in your hands are, are portions of the mantle all over the building don't pick it up if you don't want it in your hands you were given portions of the mantle Come on, prepare your heart right now. Prepare your heart right now. Prepare your heart. Come on, I want you to create a vacuum in your spirit right now. This is, Lord, if you'll call me, I will go. If you will call me, I will go. Come on, prepare your heart, God. I'm sorry for procrastinating your purpose. Lord, I will not be lazy and I will not be lax. I will not allow in my heart or my home what you've condemned in my heart. Come on, all over the building, I want you to make a vow to God. I want the convictions of my elders. I want the convictions of my elders. close to God God will give you convictions that the world will mock but your convictions will give you power that the world needs
these are National Youth Convention, Youth Congress, can be ruined in the wrong atmosphere when you go home. I know I might be labeled for what I'm about to say right now, but I didn't give my life to God to get a fan club. Can I tell you why I do not go to movie theaters? Because there's a dirty spiritual residue there. And you will walk in under the title of entertainment, but you will leave with questions in your mind of the doctrine of which we preach. I've come under the unction of the Holy Ghost to tell you its purpose is to bring tolerance to the Antichrist spirit. So you will accept him when he shows up. And I don't go to the movie theater to watch movie for the same reason I don't go to the bar to get a glass of milk. Come out from among them and be his separate, say the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. You've got to ask God to give you some old conventions. Lift your hands and say, God, give me convictions.